I'm Jimmy James. I'm Carl Knapp. Carl is a practicing attorney in Montgomery County, Pennsylvania. We're longtime friends, and once a week we get together to talk about divorce, child support, custody, criminal law, and much more. So come hang out, because this is Just Lawing Around. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Just Lawing Around Podcast. Today we're going to be talking about interacting with the police, and more so like police procedures and when you get pulled over and, you know, basically a conversation about this stuff. We're not going to really stick to a specific thing today, but it's going to be all around police interaction and what you should, shouldn't do, what they can do, can't do. Uh, I find myself oftentimes watching cops, uh, YouTube videos, audits, all these different things. And I'm always seeing things and wondering, can a cop do that? How does the cop have a right to do that? Or does the person have this right? Or did the person talk themselves into this problem? And, and like, I'm always fascinated by these situations. So I think that's a, a good topic to talk about today. What do you think, Carl? I, I agree. I, I'm with you. I used to watch a lot of cops and I'd be screaming at the TV as a lawyer. I would be screaming, no, no, don't do that. Don't do that. I couldn't imagine I, watching as a lawyer. <laughs> uh, it would drive me nuts to watch, watch these people interact with the police and they would have no clue what their rights are and what they can agree to or what they have to agree to or not agree to. And so many of them would get themselves in trouble just because they didn't know like simple rules or simple rights. Right. Like they so, get yeah. pulled over and the cops like, yeah, you have a taillight down. But the, the immediately the person's like, Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. I was just coming from the bar. We only had a couple drinks. Like, and the cop never even asked them anything at this point. Like, <laughs> Yeah, or, or the or the cop says, "Yeah, your tail lights out, and do you mind if I take a look in your trunk?" And they go, "Yeah, yeah, go, go <laughs> like, right what, ahead." What's take, my trunk have to do with a tail light? <laughs> and and it's funny because they open the trunk and there's always something illegal in there, and I, I'm always wondering why in the heck would you allow them to open the trunk when you know you've got drugs in there, or guns in there, or a dead body in there? Right now, People but this does it, it happens so often. I think a lot of the cases, especially on cops, majority of the people talk themselves into the charges they get. I I agree. I even as as a lawyer, and I know we spoke in our introduction and stuff of our first podcast that I I used to do a lot of criminal law work. I don't do as much now, but I always used to joke that most I would probably say at least half of my criminal law cases would go away if people had not talk to the police if they had just shut their mouths. Well, and a lot of the problem is people don't know their rights. I mean, if a, if a, if a cop knocks on your door and says, hey, we're investigating this, will you come down to the police station and have a conversation with us? They don't realize that they can say no to that. <laughs> right. You, you have no obligation to talk to the police. You have no obligation to help the police. Uh, oftentimes I will get phone calls from clients or potential clients and they'll say, Oh, I, you know, the detective called and he said, uh, can I just come down to the station and talk to them? And immediately my red flags go up and go, well, hold on a minute. Why, what are they investigating? Because if they're investigating you or your family or somebody, you know, it's probably not a good idea to go down there and talk to them until you talk to a lawyer first. Right. And, and people don't know that. People, oh, yeah, I'll go down and talk to the police. And a lot of times they don't even know what the heck the police want to know about. They just want to help out. And they go down there and they start 
chit-chatting with the police and then all of a sudden halfway through the interview they realize oh you know fill in the fill in the blank uh they're looking at me they think i did something wrong right and and now you got a problem yeah no absolutely and people don't realize that like you do not have to go to if even if you're in handcuffs you still do not have to talk but the problem is a lot of people have panic logic they're like oh my god this is happening what can i say to sway his decision and get me out of these cuffs but really what they end up doing is just solidifying their charges (laughs) yeah and and there's two we can get into it a little bit you you have just the regular old interaction with the police where you're not under arrest and and a lot of times you see that like on cops and stuff there's there's a disturbance call and the police come out and there's somebody standing there and the cops just start asking them questions so to that scenario that person's not under arrest Person's technically free to leave. Right. That's a consensual encounter. Yeah, that's just a consensual encounter. And the police, the police won't tell you you can go, but they'll say, hey, what are you doing here? Hey, wh- where are you coming from? What, what's in the bag? They'll start asking you questions. Now, they're not going to tell you that you don't that you have the right to not answer those questions question right they're looking for anything to implicate you in their investigation yeah and a lot of people will say oh well they they didn't read me my rights you know everybody everybody thinks of miranda rights where and every police show in the world has you know you have the right to remain silent anything you say can and be will can and will be used against you in the court of law blah 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 that whole miranda thing what people don't understand is when the police just come up to you on the street they don't have to give you Miranda warnings because because you're not detained, right? Miranda only applies in your scenario. You say, yeah, when you're in cuffs in the back of the car, you're arrested. <laughs> so right, well, so they, let's, let's they should read that to you. They should read that little Miranda card. Well, let's to define you. that because being arrested and being detained is not the same. Being, no, being arrested is okay. You're being charged. Where being detained could just be they're just investigating and have probable cause to keep you there during the investigation. They're very different. But they so are, during de- I'm sorry, during de- during detainment, they have to Mirandize you, is what you're saying? No. No. If you're well, let me clarify. There there is there's different levels of detainment. Okay. There's the police have the right to make make a stop and talk to you. They, you know, they just call it a stop to investigate or something. That's not a detention, and Miranda does not apply to that. So if, under my scenario from cops, if the police get a call that somebody's lighting off fireworks, you know, down in the middle of the road. So the police go down to that area and you're standing there and they go, hey, what are you doing? You know, we just got a call about somebody letting off uh, illegal fireworks. That's not you're not really detained at that point. Right. Be- they're just, they're just, they don't know if you did anything or not. They're just doing some basic investigation. Well, being in that area doesn't necessarily link you to the crime. Correct. So if you said, well, can I go, officer? I don't want to answer any questions. Can I go? Most likely they're going to say, well, we just want to ask you a couple questions. And then it gets into, well, you know, that gray area. Are you detained or are you not detained? It's, it's, it's a yes or no question. I can either leave, but if I can't leave, then I'm being detained. Right. Which you need it, to clarify that. Right. You have to clarify that. And the police will kind of hedge on that. Because, right. And if you keep saying, well, 
if you're detaining me, I have nothing to say because then you do have Miranda rights. But I want to clarify, you don't need Miranda rights to not talk to the police. I don't have to talk to anybody anytime. Right. <laughs> right. Like if a cop comes to... up to you and says, what are you doing here? You, I mean, yeah. you could just turn around and walk away. Sure. And if, if my neighbor comes up to me and says, hey, how you doing today? I don't have to talk to him. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I don't have to talk to anybody, be it the police or my neighbor or my boss or. But the problem <laughs> is these cops use such good. Right. I hate to say it was such good intimidation tactics. To make people believe that if they don't talk, they're going to jail. <laughs> that's that's true, and they're not. Look, I'm I'm pro police, as you know. I, I most police are good, but they have a job to do, and their job is to solve crimes. And it's a heck of a lot easier to solve crimes if people talk to them. It's very hard to solve a crime if nobody's going to talk to them. Right. Well, and that's the problem. You know, people that, get pulled over and they don't know this. And then, and, and not just pulled over, but any interaction with a cop and they just spill it. They just tell them like, <laughs> like if you get pulled over for a taillight and, and, and the cop says, Hey, I want to search your car. They're, they're not related. Like why, right. why, right. why am I going to sit here and waste my time and waste your time? Even if I know something, even if something is in the car, you still don't have a right to go into the car. No. And even, even if nothing's in the car. Right. The Especially if nothing's in the car. Well, what, what do you have something to hide? Oh, you, you don't want me to search your trunk? What do you have something in there you don't want me to know about? Right. And then they're all, oh, we'll, we'll get a dog or we'll, we'll, yeah, we well, got probable cause from what's it called when you can um, plain sight probable cause? Oh, yeah, well, you I see, see something. Yeah. If you see something or if you say, they might say, well, we're, we're going to hold you here until we're going to go get a warrant. Okay. Well, probably they don't have any basis to get a warrant. Anyway, but how long can they hold you there for a taillight? I think, I don't think they can hold you. You know, it boils down to reasonableness. How long is reasonable? If they pull you over for a taillight, okay, write me the ticket for the taillight and I'm on my way. Right. If they say- so be a reasonable time to write a ticket? I think 10, 15 no, minutes. No, no, I'm, I'm saying is that, that oh, that's yeah. what the reasonable oh, yeah, would right. fall into how, how long is a reasonable time for this offer to interact, officer to interact and write a ticket. That's what would fall under reasonable. Nothing Correct. else. Not to search the car because that's not why you're stopped. Yeah. And the searching, the searching the car is usually I tell people if they're asking you to search the car, if they're asking you for permission to search the car, that generally means they know they don't have probable cause. Right. They don't have when a they, reason to. They don't have a reason. So when they say, well, I'm going to go get a warrant, they, down deep, they know they don't have any basis to get a warrant. What's the basis? Because I'm driving around with a taillight out? Right. No, what are you going to go to a judge and say, hey, judge, we pulled this guy over. He had a taillight out. And, you know, when we asked him to search the car, he said no. And he's... He's a young kid. He looked, he looked a little shady. Is that probable cause to get a warrant? I mean, that sounds like discrimination. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's BS and it's not going to fly and you're never going to get a warrant. So they're well, not going to so, tell you that. They're not going to tell you they don't have probable cause. But if you say, yeah, go. Once you consent, they don't need probable cause. Right. That throws probable cause right out the window. But sure, there, yeah, there's yeah, different types of probable cause. Now there's plain sight probable cause. I, I'm 
I mean, I, I don't know what they're actually called, but I know there's plain sight, which means they actually see something in the car that is illegal. But what about like scents and odors? Oh, I smell alcohol or, oh, I smell marijuana. I mean, how could they prove that in court and utilize that as a probable cause to get into your car? Well, the, yeah, it, a lot of times they pull you over and they say, uh, it's, it's, I smell burnt marijuana, which means, you know, somebody was smoking marijuana. So right. then the question is, is that probable cause to search the car and then search the car for what? For drugs? Right. The fact that you smoked weed or you reek like weed. Or it does, just is in the area. Maybe somebody else outside the car is smoking in the area right. and you're just getting a whiff of it. Or you, you suppose you smoked, uh, you smoked at your apartment, and it's you know it, it absorbs into your clothes and all, and then you get in your car because now you have the munchies and you're gonna drive down to where <laughs> 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 you go white dot I don't know Burger well, King DUI really. <laughs> yeah right well, we listen to the DUI episode we already did that but, <laughs> but you your clothes you know they reek like. Burnt marijuana. Every everybody has smelled, you know, weed burning at some point. Right. And you ever been to Philadelphia? I was. It's funny. I was down there the other day. And man, every every quarter I walked around, I was like, "Whoo!" Yeah, yeah. You get high just walking <laughs> down the street. You could. I was like, "Holy!" So that's a very distinct odor. But I don't know that that's probable cause to to say you have drugs in your car. Because under my scenario, you smoked at home. The drugs aren't even in the car, right? The drugs are at your house. Right. But so the odor, but that, that's the problem is like the one, I have two problems with that one, the odor, you can't define necessarily where that's coming from. I mean, I'm right. sure there's some case you roll down the windows, smoke's pouring out the windows. Okay. I get that. But mm -hmm. you can't define where the smoke's coming from. And also you can't prove beyond a reasonable doubt that that cop is telling the truth and actually smelled it. Well, that, that's a different issue. If he's, if he's lying, he's lying. If That's under your if a cop lies, they don't get in trouble. If we lie, we we get charged with perjury. Maybe, maybe <laughs> you do. We'll, we'll get to lying to the police and lying <laughs> later. Okay, <laughs> uh, but but the yeah. So if the cops are going to lie, to to your point, what they're going to say is, I I smelled burnt marijuana emanating from his person. You know, some some technical. In right. other words, it's coming from you. It's not coming from the car in general. It's not coming from the back guy in the back seat. It's not coming from the guy in the passenger side. Same way if you get pulled over and they smell alcohol, they almost always say it, it, the, the odor of alcohol was emanating from the driver. Now, you're right. Could could if, if all your passengers are drunk and you're the uh, designated driver, is it possible that when you roll down the window... Uh, smell booze comes out of the car sure is the cop going to say it was coming from the back seat not the driver probably not right He's, but you can't really stop them from lying they're so, going to spin the facts the way they want them to prove their case what does what does probable cause authorize the cop to do and how does that work well you need you need probable cause for a valid search but so what is and that comes probable right cause? From the, yeah, that comes right from, you know, that comes right out of the the good old constitution, right? The fourth amendment is that they, there's, 
people are free from search and seizure, you know, without probable cause. So probable cause, it's generally, there has to be some articulable, and that's a fancy word, evidence that either a crime has been committed or that there would be evidence of a crime located in in some locations. So when you, you need probable cause to get a warrant. So you go to the district justice and you you swear out an affidavit that says, Judge, we believe that Jimmy James has drugs in his house. And it's based on the following circumstances. Uh, we, you know, we had a confidential informant go to his house. We uh, saw, you know, him go in with, with a duffel bag that he got from another guy. So, yeah, it, it's a bunch of factors and you got to look at them and you got to kind of look at them in a vacuum and say, okay, based on all these facts, does that, would that leave, leave a reasonable person to believe that there's drugs in his house or there's a, there's guns in his house or there's a dead body in his house? And it's not a great, Every single case is different. And when you look at these cases, there's no bright line test that says, oh, yeah, this is probable cause. This isn't. Because invariably what happens if you do a search and you don't have probable cause, then the evidence is suppressed and the evidence doesn't come in. Right, because it was illegally obtained. Because it was illegally obtained because they, the courts will say, well, hold on. Yeah, you searched his house, but all you had was... Uh, you had his ex-girlfriend saying, oh, he has a gun in his, uh, you know, under his bed. Well, is that enough to search? I would say probably not without some additional facts that maybe she's reliable or that she was there. Or it, get, it gets very mucky in terms of what it is and what it's not. Right. But as soon as an officer has probable cause, I mean, they, they run with that. Immediately. Yeah. yeah. And and what you started to touch on, you need probable cause to do a search. There are other there are other searches which are which are warrantless searches when you were saying like plain view. If right. something's in plain view, you don't need probable like cause. Like if you have a crack pipe point. sitting in yeah. on, on the passenger seat, nobody's in the passenger seat. Yeah. That's in plain view. So they're not really they're not interfering with your rights so much because it's right there. You don't really have an expectation of privacy if you leave something out in, in plain view. Right. That's, okay. So, okay. So, expectation of privacy comes in yeah, on that. Exactly. If, if, if I put, you know, if, if I leave, uh, you know, a bag of weed on my front porch and the neighbors can walk by and see it and the police can drive by and see it, they don't have to go and, and get a warrant because it's in plain view. It's right there. Right. Okay. That makes sense. I didn't think about so, the uh, expectation yeah. of privacy aspect of that. That's how they get around like something in plain view. Now, and the other thing to get around probable cause is we were talking about is consent. If you consent to a search, that's it. Which I don't know why <laughs> you, you would. I don't know why anybody would. You see it going back to your cops episodes. You see it all the time. And, and that's a search of anything. That's a search of your pockets. That's a search of your car. That's a search of your house. That's a search of your backpack. Well, you if know, oftentimes when you get stopped by a cop, a cop will pat you down and they'll say, well, this is for my safety. I mean, do they have a right to do that? 
they they have a very limited right to it's called stop and frisk it's very limited and and they have to have some reason to believe that you're armed so if you're talking to the cops and they you know they see something in your in your front pocket right and they say well it looked like a revolver so i patted him down and i could feel that was you know it felt like a gun Okay, that that is not a warrantless search because under very limited circumstances, they're allowed to frisk to make sure you don't have any weapons that put them in danger. Okay, now, but but look, somebody gets pulled over for a traffic incident. They run a stop sign or something. They pull over. This is I see this on cops all the time. They get mm-hmm. pulled over. They start talking to the cops, and then you know the cop says, "Hey, can you step out of the car?" For whatever reason, before they even walk past the freaking back seats of the car they're held up against the car and being searched they should just be patting them down well so what's the difference between searching and patting you down a a pat down is like on the outside of your clothing it's like when you go through do you ever go through the airport you probably don't fly much (laughs) i I have but not in a while the tsa they will they pat you down which is kind of on the outside of your clothes and it's a, it's a little different i don't want to say it's the exact same thing but a pat down they're not putting they're not putting their hands in your pockets right but if they feel and, like a lighter in my pocket and can't identify that it's a lighter and they think it's a knife then they can just stick their hand in there and get it yes yes or they could tell you can you take that item out of your pocket but, but can i reject that no you you can say you can say no i think they could then take it now if it turns suppose it's a lighter they're mm-hmm. going to say, well, it felt like a, f- a folded pocket knife. And I was worried. goes back to your, what's a cop going to say? Right, but it's, cop- you're legal to, it's legal to have a folded pocket knife. So yeah, it is legal. It's legal to have it. It might be legal to have a gun if you have the permit to carry. Right. Well, that's Just, different, though, because you have to let a cop know that you have a gun and you're carrying. Yeah. And, and if they, I'm not saying they're going to charge you, but suppose they pat you down and they go, what's that in your pocket? And it's, uh, it's a little baggie of heroin. Now, that's a problem because the cop can't say, well, it felt like a gun or it felt like a knife or it felt like a weapon. You know, a little Ziploc baggie of, I guess that's what heroin comes in on. <laughs> I'm asking you. You don't know either. I don't know. I don't do. What, why are you throwing me under the bus like that? I don't do drugs. No, I, I was saying as a joke. I'm like, here, I'm asking you. I don't know. You don't know. <laughs> oh my <laughs> gosh. <laughs> so, but something like that, or but what if it's like a ketchup packet? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or what if it's um, like pills, right? Uh, yeah. You know, you got pills on your, you know, Vicodans in your pocket. If they pat you down, they can't really say, well, I I think you got a knife in your pocket. What's that? Because they still don't, they don't, that's now beyond their right to keep themselves safe. And there are, there have been cases like that. Oh, wait, 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 run that back. So you're saying that if they don't think that it is a weapon or something of danger, regardless of what they think it is. As long as they don't believe it interferes with their safety, you could tell them, screw off. I'm not telling you what it is. It's none of your business. Get a warrant. Yes, exactly. I did not know that. Okay. And even if you take it out, you may be able to suppress it later and say, hey, he had no right to tell me to take that out of my pocket because 
you know, this was a stop and frisk and there's no way that little baggie felt like a weapon. That's yeah, interesting. It, yeah. So now that only applies to Pennsylvania. I mean, every, every state is different, but you're saying for Pennsylvania, that, that scenario yeah. would apply. There actually, I, I think there is uh, some, I may be wrong on this, but there, I believe there's also, I think there's some, um, United States Supreme Court cases that address stop and frisk, which is which is basically that's what we're talking about. Is Pennsylvania about. a stop and frisk state? Yeah, they can they can again. It has to be to protect the officer. So they can't just pull a random off the road and say, "Come here, I want to search you." There has to be reason behind it. Well, there, and don't forget that. Yeah, we're starting. They can't just if you're walking home from if you're just walking down the sidewalk and they go, "Yo, come over here." We want to, we want to frisk you. They can't do that. Right. Well, they can't force you to do that in that scenario. No, have a good day. I'm leaving. Right. Yeah. They can't just stand on the sidewalk and everybody that comes by frisk them. Right. 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 They have to have some reasonable suspicion to begin with. Right. Okay. I just wanted to clarify the whole stop and frisk thing. So it's not stop at random and do what you want. It's, 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 they have to have some reasonable suspicion to stop you in the first place. Right. that could be, oh, we just got a call of of a robbery at the Wawa, and you know the description was a white male with a black hoodie, jeans, and you know sneakers. And a block away, you're walking. You you match that description, right? Now they now they have a reasonable suspicion to say, well, maybe maybe that's the guy. Maybe that's the guy that robbed the Wawa. So they can stop you and say, hey. We want to ask you some questions. Where you're coming from? They can pat you down if they feel like you might have weapons on you. Because based on the information they're given, they right. could believe that's the reasonable, articulable suspicion that you may have committed that crime. Correct. Yeah, but even they if you didn't, but if they search you and then they somehow determine that it wasn't you, you're immediately free to go again. Yeah, then you you can leave. They can't keep you there for for long periods of time. But it's supposed say, to be say you match that description and they try and stop you and you refuse. Are you then, can you be charged with a crime at that point for evading or anything like that? I don't think so. No, if you just say no, now are they going to put you in handcuffs? Are they going to arrest you at that point? They don't really have any probable cause to arrest you other than you're exercising your constitutional rights. Yeah. But you know, and and look, I know that I, I fight the other side and play devil's advocate. I do think that we need police in this world. And I think there's a lot of great police, but there are some police that, that aren't, and they push those boundaries that they shouldn't push. You know what I mean? Right. That's, that's true. And and we're, look, we're talking theoretically, and then there's reality. As you see on, on cops, the the interesting thing about cops is the whole thing's recorded. Right. I don't know how many percentages of these things, I would say 90% of them, of these police interactions aren't recorded. So it boils down to your word versus the cop's word. And generally you lose that because people tend to trust police at least judges tend to trust police right i mean they have a different you know people have a different view on them and they're standing in the community and you know their reliability and everything on their way and and they're and they're going to spin the facts to make it more uh favorable to their position well and that's what i was going to say oftentimes there's there's cops that will retaliate based on you exercising your rights yeah they don't they don't like it because again, it makes their job 
a lot harder. They're going to, it's going to be a, a hard sell. They're going to say, and they're going to say like, well, look, if you don't answer my questions, we could just take you down to the station right now. You know, we get, we could just take you in and arrest you. Yeah, now, but you again, still don't have to talk. Right. No. Well, if they arrest you, then you have Miranda rights at that point. Right. But who the heck, who the heck wants to get thrown in the back of the police car, handcuffed, driven down there, and then they let you go two hours later. But that opens them up for a civil lawsuit, doesn't it? It does to to a certain extent. But you have to have pretty serious most people most lawyers aren't going to file a civil suit based on that. Right. Because you don't have really damages. Okay, you were damaged by what? You were detained for two hours and the cop's gonna again kind of spin it and go well you know we asked some questions and he was he was very evasive and he was very uh suspicious looking when we drove past him the first time he was kind of staring like back at the wawa and then we went the other way and then we came back around the block and he was all of a sudden he started walking the other direction real fast you know a lot of that stuff could be innocent but they're they're going to add, try to add as many facts as they can to make you look like you're up to something. Right, right. right. <laughs> he, he was acting suspiciously. I love that one. <laughs> like, yeah, what, yeah. Sus that, but suspicion that? isn't a crime. Right. Like, what does that even look like? Suspicious. <laughs> right. Suspicious to you might be different to me. Yeah. Like, if I'm, hey, look, when I'm down the city or somewhere where I don't know what's going on. I'm always looking around my shoulder, you know, looking back and forth and, and, and I may look suspicious, but I'm trying not to get shot. Right. Right. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Or get robbed. So, <laughs> well, before we started the podcast here, I told you that I had a scenario I wanted to run by you and I was curious about now it is related to, um, window tinting, but it's not, we're not, it's, we're not necessarily going to talk about the window tinting part. Um, but I was pulled over a long time ago by Hatfield police. And I wish I knew his name because I never heard anything good about this cop. And I would mm. say it, but I don't know. I don't remember his name, uh, but I was pulled okay. over. So I drove past him. I had my front two windows down. My back windows were tinted. And at this time, my front windows were tinted. But when I passed the officer, my windows were down. So he had no way of determining that. So right. he pulls me over and says, I'm pulling you over for illegal window tint. You know, I immediately fire back. Well, my back three windows, they're allowed to be tinted any tint they want. There's nothing illegal about that. And he said, yeah, but your front windows. And, you know, I said, yeah, but I drove past you with my windows down. So how would you know that they're tinted? And he said, can you roll them up a little bit for me? And I said, no, I'm not going to do that. This is the condition you stopped me in. This is how I'm going to leave them. And he reached his hand in my car and rolled the window up. That's really? the part I had a question about. Does he have a right to reach into my car and roll my window up when I refuse to do it? And this is that's, on film. I actually have that, a recording of this. That's interesting. I, I don't think he can enter the vehicle. I mean, when I say enter the vehicle, I think him putting his hand inside your vehicle. Past the threshold and, and, of the window would yeah, be. Yeah. yeah. And. and and rolling the window up. No, it was automatic window, so he just pushed the button. Oh, but okay. yeah, but he still say, reached how, in my car and did it. I don't think. I don't think that that's proper. And then I guess when he when it when the window went up, he saw it did have tint on it. Yes, and then I got a citation for and it. And then he charged you with the window tint. Right. Hmm. Yeah, I don't think he has the right to do that. Let's. 
suppose yeah let's let's play it out right if somebody let's see if i can come up with an analogy a, a cop comes to my house and he knocks on the door and he says oh i i i want to make sure you don't uh, one of the neighbors said they saw something in your garage right right something something illegal, I don't know, drugs or a, a body or whatever. Right. And I say, well, you know, I'm not opening the garage door. And he reaches his hand in my door and, you know, that little button for the garage door right. is right there. And then my garage door goes open. Yeah. And then he, and then he looks in the garage and goes, oh, evidence. Well, it's plain view now, but you entered you my house. You created that plain view yeah. illegally. Correct. You, you... Right. I, I don't think they could do that. Uh, so should I ask you what happened with the charges? Or no? Well, I didn't have an attorney or anything like that. No. And I ended up, I, I don't remember. I got pulled over multiple times for window tint. I know a couple of the scenarios. I just took the front window tint off and they, they dropped it. They dismissed it. Right. Yeah, but there was right. a time or two where I actually got charged with it. And I don't remember if that was one of the scenarios where I was actually guilty for it or not. Unfortunately, I don't remember. This was like 10 years ago. But well, I will I, never forget that cop reaching his arm into my car and putting the window up when I refused to do it. Yeah, I, I don't think I don't think that's proper. I don't think that's proper either, which is why I wish I knew this cop's name, but he worked for Hatfield yeah. Police. I remember that. Did you, I mean, you didn't go to court and say to the judge, hey, judge, he, you know, he reached inside my car and put the window up. See, my guess is. And I don't know the cop, so I don't want to. My guess is that the cop would say, when you drove by, he saw the tint on the window, and then you put the windows down when he pulled you over. That would be my guess is what he would testify to. Right, which and wouldn't I'm not, be true, but yes. Yeah, and I'm not saying that's true, but I'm thinking that's what he would say. He would say, yeah, he drove by me, he had his windows halfway up or whatever i sold the window tint and then when i pulled him over he put his windows down so i don't think he would even acknowledge that he reached his hand in there no i don't think he would either yeah and that that's, that's a I problem and that's why i wanted to bring up this point because you know they didn't have i'm sure lots of things went down back in the day when they didn't have like the body cams dash cams right. and all this recording equipment they didn't have that then and i felt like helpless in that situation like i know you just violated my rights and i know yep. there's nothing i can do about it no and that's kind of what i was saying before is yeah a lot of these interactions with the police aren't filmed they're not recorded so it boils down to your word versus the cop's word right and the cop is going to spin it i'll use a nice term and say spin it <laughs> <laughs> so it looks like what he did is proper. Now, if you go to court, what what happens? Just so people know, big big frame or big picture here is what happens is if you if something like if you're walking down the street and you have a backpack and the cop says, "Can I look in your backpack?" and you say no, and he grabs a backpack and and rummages through it and he finds uh, an illegal firearm. And then they charge you, you know, with possession of a legal firearm. What happens is you go get a lawyer. If you're smart, you go get a lawyer. And then your lawyer files what's called a, a suppression motion. And the suppression motion goes back to the original stop and says, hey, did the, did the cop have the, A, did, was the cop even entitled to stop the guy in the first place? And, and if he was, then the question is, did the cop have the right to search his bag? 
and a judge will hear testimony. The cop will testify why he searched the bag. Now, if he tells the truth under my scenario, the case goes away because the judge is going to say, you can't bring that firearm in as evidence because it was an illegal search. Right. You, you can't just rummage. Through. Now, the cop would probably say, and again, I'm not disparaging police, but, well, I asked him if I could look in his bag and he said, yes. All right. So now he has consent. He looks at the bag. There's a firearm in there. Yeah, but he didn't say yes. Well, who's going to say, then you testify and go, I never told him. I, I didn't give him consent. And the judge is going to make a decision. Who does he believe? Does he believe the police officer? Or does he believe you? Knowing, first of all, don't, and, and judges are supposed to look at this thing without looking at the end result. But don't forget, the judge knows at this point that you had an illegal firearm in your bag. Right. Or you had two kilos of cocaine in your bag. So the judge says, well, if I believe Jimmy James, this kilo, these kilos of coke don't come in and he walks free. And even though I know in the back of my mind, he's a drug dealer. <laughs> right. Or, right. or I believe the cop and this guy goes to jail. That's not the right analysis. But in reality, don't forget, the judge is looking at the evidence. Right, uh, so they already know. Yeah, so a lot of look. There are that shit. I'm sorry, that it, stuff. I'm gonna cut that out. No, that that, <laughs> that, no, that that stuff can get political too. It can get political, and and if you're a judge, that's a tough decision because you may have you may have a drug dealer, a, a very you know high up drug dealer, and if you suppress that evidence, this guy's gonna walk free. Yeah, but I mean if. If it's his right, I agree. I, I'm with you. If look at the cop messed up, I don't agree with drugs on the street. I don't agree with no. illegal guns on the street, but I do agree with somebody's rights. Well, you you, you have to have a cop that I'm sorry. You have to have a judge that's very strong on that. Now, the 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 way the judge wiggles is he says, "Well, I find the officer credible." I found when the officer testified that the defendant consented to the search. I believe him. And the other side of the coin is usually you're not testifying anyway at the suppression. You being the defendant, you're not testifying. Right. It's just attorney. and so, so usually it's just the one version that comes in. Now you're sitting there next to your lawyer flipping out, you know, jabbing your lawyer in the ribs going, he's lying, he's lying, he's lying. Right. <laughs> Which I've, I've been sitting there and I've had clients go, he's lying, he's lying. <laughs> <laughs> well... It is what it is, but yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting when you, when you play it out, but that's, that's really where you fight these things. You don't fight them on the side of the road. You fight them later when you file your suppression motion and the, and I've had some stuff, uh, dismissed on a suppression motion where the cops just did not have probable cause to search or they didn't have consent to search. Oh, so you've had cases like that. Yeah, yeah, I've had I've had cases. Now usually they're not like super serious cases, but you know DUIs sometimes. And back in the day, they used to dismiss them if the cop didn't have probable cause to pull you over. And, you know, if the cop just said pulled you over and said, "Well, he was kind of weaving a little bit," you know, in his lane. Well, did he did he touch the center line? No. Did he touch the fog line? No. Did you know? 
did he have any taillights out? No. Did he have any other? No. So why'd you pull him over? Well, he was kind of drifting back and forth on his lane. I don't think that's enough. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, and we touched on that before on the DUI yeah, that's one. A, yeah. A whole DUI thing. Riding left comes, of center or right of center. But yeah. Yeah. I don't think that's enough. Because that's not a failure to maintain lane. That's just a right. right. It's not. A, it's not a. See, if it's a vehicle code violation, then then they can pull you over. If if you cross the center line, that's a vehicle code violation. Right. If you if you're just not dead center in the lane, you know when you drive, you got probably what two feet on either side of your car. You know before you touch the lines. You know, I, so, I kind of want to run back to the uh, the whole plain view probable cause thing. You know, as we're talking about like you know, DUI and stuff, it kind of made it pop in my head. You know, if you got like a, and I think we had this conversation before I saw an episode of cops where a guy got pulled over and they wanted to search his bag. I don't remember why the guy said, fine, do it. And they pulled out a bag of fresh syringes un, un, mm. unused, you know, in, in a plastic bag, like they were just purchased. Is right. that is, is having syringes in and of itself illegal is that paraphernalia can that then be charged because that's something that you can and i think we had this conversation but that's something yeah. you can go down to cvs and buy you may be diabetic you may have i don't know what reasons you would have them but there may be legitimate reasons for you to have them but i oftentimes yeah. see you know there are people that have them wrongfully but you know this guy say he was using it to shoot up heroin but there was no heroin and there was no you know, uh, residue in any of the needles of, the, of that. Would having those needles be a crime? I don't think so. I don't think possession, like you said, syringes are are legal. It's funny you mention it. I I have a dog who's diabetic, and I have to go buy syringes. And I always feel funny buying them, but I just because I have to give them insulin. So I go to the pharmacy and I order a box of whatever a hundred syringes. Because I got to, you know, give it to my dog. That's an expensive dog, and, huh? Yeah, well, <laughs> fortunately, the best place to get syringes is Walmart. They're cheap. Because so. <laughs> you use them once and you throw them out. Um, but yeah, if I, if I you know, I, I leave Walmart and I got the box of syringes and I put it on my front seat and the cop pulls me over. And he says, uh, oh, you got syringes. What are you have? heroin addict or again i don't have to answer any of these questions right i could also say no they're for my dog is he going to charge me is he going to there's no other drugs evident there's no other drugs in plain view is he going to charge me with paraphernalia i don't think so well is the needles uh, are the needles probable cause to search the rest of your car i don't think so I don't, I don't think they are because, because is it evidence that a crime's committed or there's, or there's, um, more evidence in the car? Is it likely to believe that because I have syringes on my seat that I have other or something illegal in my car? I don't think so. It's, it's the same, like, it's weird because you know, you said paraphernalia and I know we're not doing a drug segment, but paraphernalia is like, I think one point we spoke about instruments of a crime too like right. a screw a screwdriver can be an instrument of a crime right but but a screwdriver is a screwdriver baggies you see it all the time in, in drug dealers right they have baggies right they they bag up whatever they're selling weed or whatever um sometimes you see a, like a scale a scale in and of itself 
is not illegal. But if you have a scale and you have baggies and you have drugs, now it's paraphernalia. So same thing if you have syringe and then you have a baggie of heroin, then the syringe now becomes paraphernalia. Actually, funny thing is the baggie is paraphernalia too, which is funny. Um, but in and of itself, a syringe is not illegal. A screwdriver is not illegal. A hammer is not illegal, but it could be instrument of a crime if you shake a hammer or you threaten somebody with a hammer that's an instrument of a crime now yeah but see i feel like if you get pulled over and you have those syringes on your seat that cop is going to get in that car one way or another well then it goes back to are you gonna uh, does he can he just search at that point i don't think he can if you say if you say go ahead take a look around he absolutely can right but you don't think that having those needles would be probable cause to him Regardless, I mean, because you could be lying. What if you are a heroin addict and you have a bag of needles? Does that change anything? See, I don't think, I don't know that it, he, if he observes, say you have, you know, I guess heroin addicts, maybe you have what, track marks up and down your arms. Right. Um, okay. And then, so he sees track marks. He sees you, you know, your eyes are glazed. I don't, I don't know what happens when you do heroin, but you're 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 out of it you know you're slurring your words your eyes are glassy you got track marks and then there's syringes okay now i think you're close now you have a pattern that yeah you're, okay. i think now you're you have more than just the syringes under my scenario if i if i'm coming back from court and and yeah it's a totality of the circumstances thing if i'm coming back from court and i go past the walmart and i go oh, i got to pick up some syringes <laughs> and i get the syringes and then you know, it's noon on Wednesday and I'm dressed in a suit and the cop pulls me over because I went through a red light and he says, oh my, you got syringes. And I go, yeah, I just, I got a dog who's diabetic. Is that probable cause? I don't think so. Because it's none of the other factors. Well, you know, then there's other situations where people find like, uh, like little weed pipes, you know, yeah. how, how can that be probable cause and be assumed that it's weed? Because some people there are, I mean, there's, probably not many, but there's some people that do smoke tobacco out of that or something else out of that, that is legal. So how can right. the pipe itself be enough probable cause for them to search a car? Because they do, they do based off of that. They do. They search, but when you say search, I mean, it's kind of, it's usually based on consent because if you, if you're talking probable cause though, you're talking about a warrant, right? You're talking about getting a warrant to search a vehicle or you, or you, you have some other, like you had said plain view or, you know, but, but plain view applies to the item you're looking at. Right. So if you, if you see a, a crack pipe, then you can seize the crack pipe because it's in plain view. But, but you're you saying, can't search the rest of the car because of that you, crack pipe? No, but you can't search the entire car based on that crack pipe. Now, the other thing you got to keep in mind is there's, there's another, it's a scenario. It's called search incident to valid arrest. Once you get arrested, so if they say, "Look, there's a crack pipe," and we arrest him, then they can look at the car because now they've now you're under arrest. The same way, if a cop arrests you and puts you in handcuffs, he can search your pockets and stuff. Okay, so but you have to have a valid arrest first. Uh, okay, you know, if, that if changes a lot then. Yeah, now that changes a lot because because you know, and a lot of these things blend together and and. 
you know, I always tell people in these podcasts, we're, we do general stuff, right? Like we right. don't, every circumstance is different. And a lot of these things overlap. But if you, if you get arrested, they can search you. So wait, wait, I'm sorry. If you get arrested, all right. If you, if you have a crack pipe on the seat, you get arrested for that. They can search the car. Sure. But mm -hmm. what if you get pulled over for, I don't know, you didn't pay some tickets and you got like a, you know, a traffic warrant. Does, is that they can then search the car with that too if they arrest you? They can search your person, but not the car. Okay, so they so, can only search the car if you're being arrested for, for something, something that's in the, in the car. Co correct. Yeah. Okay. So if, but if you get arrested, if, you know, whatever, if you're, you know, running down the street waving a knife at people and the cops come and they arrest you and then they search your pockets and you have heroin in your pocket, well, that's, that heroin, they're going to charge you with that sure, too. Sure, sure, okay. Because they're allowed to search you once you're under arrest. But then it, you know, as we said about the suppression, it goes back to okay, did they have probable cause to to arrest you? Well, if you're running down the street waving a knife at people, yeah, yeah, no, but, I get that. No, the arrest definitely brings in a whole different side it, that it I does. never knew. Yeah, and I would say there's there's a lot of there are exceptions to the the warrant. You know, they call them warrantless searches, right? Generally. You like probation need, people and stuff. Yeah, yeah. If you're on probation, um, you you give up certain rights. Um, you know, you agree that people, you know, that that you can be searched by your probation officer and stuff like that. Right. I mean, that's standard. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, there there are a lot of like anything in the law. You you know you have exceptions to the exception to the exception. Right. And, and, you know, it's hard to, you know, in our podcast, go through, you know, um, you know, every exception. Like in law school, this could be, you know, hours and hours and hours of reading cases and going through it because it's not an easy thing to define. It, right. It's not. Um, and then so, yeah, that the probable cause and we could almost do an entire episode on that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, getting back to, they always yeah. have these terms that are just like, they're so open-ended, like reasonable amount of time, reasonable <laughs> suspicion, probable yeah. cause. Like they're so open-ended. Yeah. Reasonable belief. A lot of the law is based on, on reasonable, a reasonable basis for believing that a crime has been committed. Wow. Okay. What's a reasonable basis? You know, <laughs> right. Yeah. We. That's. But that's what lawyers do. That's where we make our money, so to speak. Right. Defining our, these open-ended terms. Yeah. Defining probable cause. You know, everybody can read what it is, but just saying this is what it is doesn't answer the question. Right. You know, it's it's just one of those things. Like, oh yeah, well, you didn't have probable cause. Well, that that's. That's a conclusion. You gotta, you gotta figure it out. Is it or isn't it? Um, and yeah, that's where lawyers. That's where, <laughs> that's where lawyers shine, make right? money, <laughs> right? Make lots of money off of that. That's right, because because reasonable minds. I might say I think it's I think it's probable cause. You might say I don't think it is. Well, it's like suspicion. You know, somebody walking down the street with a camera might be suspicious to somebody, but to a photographer or like a journalist, that might be normal. Yeah. So that, suspicion that, is like subjective. Yeah, and like, you know, there's always these cases where somebody's walking through a neighborhood late at night, um, you know, with their hoodie up. There's is nothing that, illegal about that. Yeah, there's nothing illegal about it. Is it suspicious? If, if somebody walks, 
is walking. Suppose let's do it this way. And I don't really know where you, I know where you live, but suppose you have an alleyway behind your house and there's, it's open to the public. You can walk up and down the, and, and some guy walks up and down the alleyway three, four or five times at midnight. You know, he walks one way, he gets to the end, he turns around, he walks the other way, he gets to the end, he turns around, he walks the other. So he's going past your house three or four times at midnight. Is that suspicious? I mean, yeah, I, I think that um, there could be suspicion, but I don't think it's illegal. Probably. It's not. A, I don't think it's illegal. No, it's yeah, but I don't, it's, I don't think suspicion is enough to to detain somebody in question. No, it's got, well, it's got to be reasonable. So, so, so the, you have a sidewalk in front of your house and the guy keeps walking past your house and he slows down and he walks past and he turns around and he slows down. Yeah, but he's he on past. public property. Yeah. But what's he doing? Who cares? Is he, case, is he wait, what if he's casing your house to see if you're home? If he's casing my house, he's doing it legally. <laughs> well, yeah. But would you want the cops to come and, and question him? Oh, well, I mean, look, yeah, sure, of course, but yeah. I wouldn't be the person that called the cops because I don't, I don't know. Maybe I, I don't know. I think, I, I, again, it goes, you know, I think I would. I think if, if I'm looking out my front window and it's 1 a.m. and there's some guy in a hoodie and he's supposed he's just standing on the sidewalk staring at my house. All right, but let's play that out. If the cops show up, say that I'm the guy in the hoodie, right? Yeah, you're the, the guy in the hoodie. The cops yeah. show up and, hey, how you doing? You know, we got a call. What's going on? What are you doing? I don't want to talk to you. Have a good night. And I walk away. I got that right, right? Like, I, like suspicion yeah. isn't a crime. Like, you, you don't, you, suspicion isn't enough to tell me that I have to stand here and talk to you. No. No, you could, you could walk away. The cops might say, well, hold on a minute. We want to ask you some questions. Well, am I detained? Yeah, and then, right, and most people will start answering the questions. And that's and then, where the problem yeah, comes in with everybody on cops. <laughs> like, that's right. Because the cops generally won't say, hey, you're free to go. If you ask them, say, hey, can I go? I'm listen, if I'm go. not doing anything wrong nine times out of ten, I'm going to give them an explanation. Yeah, hey, and I, I, I know right, it looks like right. this. This is what I'm doing. I'm sorry to bother you. But if I'm doing something wrong, I'm probably going to be like, if I'm not detained, I'm leaving. Either arrest me or let me go. Yeah. And you're right. I mean, most people, if you're not doing anything wrong, you might say, oh, well, you know, I, when I was younger, I, I used to live in this house. So I just wanted to take a look at it, see how it changed or something. I don't know. Right. Like, I, I didn't mean to upset the person or whatever the case is. Yeah. It's a little different if it's 2 a.m. You know, every time you change a fact, the circumstances change. But it's still not a crime. So, I mean, so no, it's still not a crime, but well, I think it's more suspicious if it's 2 a.m. than 2 p.m. Well, see, what yeah. comes to mind is prowling. And I don't necessarily know. Is yeah. prowling when you go onto somebody's property and do it? I, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's no, it's more trespassing, but yeah, there's no tech, technically right. no prowling, but I know So what if you're, you're on public about. property, then you're not, you're not trespassing or doing anything. I mean, you, you, you understand where I'm at going with that, but. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, but somebody could really suppose, you know, they're thinking, oh, I want to rob his house. So I'm out there and I'm. Suppose I'm taking pictures of it and being like, okay, okay, he's got a, he's got a side door over there and he's got, you know, okay, if I can get on that little roof, it looks like he always keeps that one window open. So I Google Maps is for. <laughs> <laughs> is that your advice if you're going to rob a place? <laughs> Go on Google Maps first. <laughs> All right, put your disclaimer in here. No, we're not telling anybody to rob No, any. absolutely not. I do not condone any crimes. <laughs> no, we do not. But do if, not you're, if, if in 2022, you're standing on a corner and taking a picture of a house you want to rob, I think I, you're an idiot. I, I, <laughs> 
I, I tend to agree that that person's probably going to get caught anyway. Right. <laughs> so the yeah. So the I guess we're getting. I don't know. We're getting close to the end. But I guess the other thing I just want to touch on is, you know, you don't have to talk to the police. You can't intentionally lie to the police, though, which is some people people don't understand. Kind of you. you you can't, I mean, you cannot lie to them with the intent of maybe implicating somebody else. Or if you give a written statement to the police and it's a lie, you can get charged with that. False so, statements or like obstruction yeah, or something? There's, yeah, there's, uh, I think it's called unsworn falsifications to authorities, I believe is the technical term in Pennsylvania. But if you if you give a a written statement to to the police with the intent to mislead them then you know that's a crime so i can't go over there i can't go in the police station and go hey yeah i want to make a statement uh jimmy james is um he's cooking meth at, at his house in his basement and you know i was over there and i saw the whole meth lab down there blah 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 you can't that's a crime, right? Because I'm I'm just trying to mislead them. I'm just lying, right? So, or or if I, if I say, hey guys, I know I, I I wasn't the one who you know kicked in the window. It was Jimmy James. If I'm trying to get you in trouble and I just make a statement that way, that becomes a crime too. So, if you're gonna you know, if you're just talking to the police on the side of the road, that's really not a crime. People lie to the police all the time. That's not really the same thing as giving a written statement. Right, because that's giving, like a sworn testimony at that point. Correct. Or or if giving if you're just trying to implicate somebody else. It's the famous, and I know we we, I, we always use this scenario, and we touched on in our DUI, when the cop calls you over and says, hey, have you had anything to drink? And you say, yeah, officer, I had two beers. Yeah, you know, after you just drank a bottle of whiskey, right? Right. <laughs> that's you're lying to the police, but Giving that's them probable not, cause on a platter. Correct, but that is not that's not actionable. They can't charge you with that, which is right. interesting. You you clearly just lied to them, but that's not you didn't do it, you know, in a writing or a sworn statement, and you you didn't implicate somebody else. So they don't want you making up stuff to get somebody else in trouble, right? And ease the pressure off of you. Yeah, and I I actually had a, an inch. It was an interesting case where it was a it was a divorce action, and and wife said that husband had threatened her with a gun he said he came over and he threatened her with a gun and she went to the police and she swore you know she she gave a written statement that said he threatened me with a gun he they went the police went to his house and interestingly enough he had recorded the whole incident and we're going to get into the whole don't don't jump on whether he could record this legally or not. That's a, <laughs> I know where you're going with this. <laughs> We're gonna do an episode on it. Wait, that. but don't there's worry. an exception when it comes to domestic violence, isn't there? Uh, yeah, there there there's a there's an exception, and if the person knows they're being recorded, because I think, and all right, now we're not going down this road. Right? <laughs> <laughs> we're almost in an hour into this podcast, and it'll be a three hour podcast. <laughs> we'll have to do a podcast on like filming and filming police and filming yeah, rights. <laughs> absolutely, but the 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 story ends with the wife got charged with with 
unsworn falsifications to authority because when the police viewed the video they could they saw the whole interaction and obviously there was no gun or no threats or anything like that so she actually got charged with that wow that's crazy he got, he got convicted of it and i can tell you he was lucky as hell that he had it um because he would have been screwed because it, it boils down to she said he said right hearsay yeah but she went in the police. She was trying to screw him over, and she went in the police station, and um, you know, said, "Oh, he threatened me with so a gun." So, what, what kind of penalty did she, did did some she, would somebody like that get? It's a, I think it's a second degree misdemeanor. Oh, I don't wow. think she. So it's no joke. Yeah, yeah. No, it's no joke. I mean, I, I, I they um, she didn't get jail time, but I think she got like two years of probation. Yeah, I was gonna say something. that's probation or jail. Yeah, like, that's not a joke. No, you could, you could possibly, yeah, you could possibly get you know a month or two in jail on something like that, and and you can see the the reason why. I mean, from a public policy standpoint, right? They don't want to waste police resources. Oh, I totally get why running, running around, and you can't have the cops just running around investigating false statements all day long right right that's that's just a waste of everybody's time and effort and especially if you're the one being falsely accused that's well well listen i would love problem. i would love to debate with you about the whole camera thing uh, <laughs> i know but i <laughs> love that issue I know I, you love that. So. <laughs> I'll leave that for another podcast, but I think uh, for the most part that that wraps up everything for yes. today. Uh, you don't have anything to add, I would assume. No, no, I think that covers your interacting with the police. So next time you watch cops, you know, you can you can spot everything that these people do wrong when they interact with the police. Yeah. And hey, if you guys do watch cops and you guys see something that you, you want us to talk about, shoot us an email. It's uh, just long around. Uh, at gmail.com it'll be in the description of the video uh, and if you guys know anybody that might like this video be sure to send it to them uh, like it subscribe um, and listen to this disclaimer at the end here because we don't want to implicate anybody into or, or or encourage anybody to commit any crime that wasn't our intention today so definitely listen to the disclaimer and we'll catch you on the next podcast the information contained in this podcast is provided for general information purposes only. It is not intended as legal advice or advice for a specific case or legal matter. Nothing in this podcast should be construed as an agreement for legal representation. This podcast and parties do not represent you in your particular matter unless there is an express written representation agreement between you and this firm. If you're interested in obtaining legal services, head over to cnaplaw.com or call 215-268-6333 and schedule an appointment today. That's cnaplaw.com 215-268-6333 for more high quality music like this head over to bensounds.com